Demons run when a good man goes to war. Night will fall and drown the sun when a good man goes to war. Friendship dies and true love lies. Night will fall and the dark will rise when a good man goes to war. Demons run but count the cost. The battle's won but the child is lost. Two! This is Kyrie Payton. I'm Ezekiel on The Walking Dead, and I love listening to Two True Freaks Network. I think maybe you should too. Hi, welcome to Fear the Walking Dead cast. Everybody back now? Mikey Z with us? Not yet. Oh, yeah. Not yet. All right, well, we'll, we'll just start without him anyway and, and see what silly thing he says when he comes in. I left a lot of the silly stuff on last podcast episode in at my. my Troubles and trials, and we thought it was going to be boring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I, was, I was editing some of it earlier, and Tina and was I have found it quite howling, laughing at and my my fear about living in a haunted podcast house that night. But yeah, so <laughs> and it, I got it. Hello. Hello. All right, so here we go. Me and Brian, who will fall asleep first? <laughs> I fell asleep recording my show last night. Uh, <laughs> Beth and I did some, some late night driving last night. and uh, We don't want to hear what you do in your bedroom, man. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> oh, not that kind of driving. Keep that driving, not screwing. <laughs> well, tomato, tomato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I mean, continue, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're all going to the bad place. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, hey, that's why we watch the zombie show. It gives us you know a little heads up on what we might experience there. <laughs> oh, the only more of the same. I'm pretty sure that that when I you know when I wind up in the bad place, they're going to be playing the trailer for the uh, Jim Carrey movie Man on the Moon. <laughs> over and over and over. That would because be just well, when I went to see the movie um, uh, End of Days, you know Arnold Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger movie, they actually had the five minute. It's not trailer the that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but but they they had a five minute trailer for Man on the Moon. It was really? a horrible, just ridiculous long trailer for a movie I had no interest in because. Back then, I really didn't get Andy Kaufman's humor. I think and I just remember seeing, that. Wasn't it just him as Andy coming in like black and white and like explaining the movie to you or some weird bullshit? No, no, it was it was a reenactment of, of of some of his you know more popular moments. Right. And you know, it's just that I didn't I didn't like Andy Kaufman back then. I didn't like his humor, and you know they they ran this trailer, and I was just like, my gosh, this is horrible. And then they ran it again, <laughs> and I said. They're just trying to let us know before we get into a movie about hell what hell is really like. Well, that would be a very Andy Kaufman thing to do, also to repeat a trailer. So maybe he, because he is still alive, maybe he would, you know, he was behind that's, the that's, scenes. That's the word today, but you know, the With thing Tony is, Tony Clifton doing something. It, it should be time for him to reveal himself. I mean, it's been what thirty years now. Trump will probably throw off his mask any day now, and it'll be Andy. 
I'm pretty, <laughs> yeah, that would I'd say there's fun. pretty good odds of that at this point. Because uh, anything's <laughs> possible at this point. Um, it'd be more comfortable, and everybody would be saying, "I knew it." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why you voted for him. Okay. <laughs> so we are oh actually free the Walking Dead cast tonight. Maybe depending on what happens, uh, we survived whatever evil psychic assault happened to me last week. So we're back. Uh, we're doing season eight, episode seven of the Walking Dead proper. Time for after. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, you're speaking about what hell on earth hell would be like, Brian. I think it would be having to listen to Eugene for more than an hour at a time, <laughs> try to say anything, uh, and your brain now, just eventually you know, explode Eugene trying to translate him. Yeah. I still like, you know, because, you know, th- th- it's obvious, you know, in this episode that he had learned so much from uh, Abraham, oh, I mean, because yeah. when he when he's talking to Gabriel and tells him it looks like a potato and shit casserole, yeah, that's totally that right. was right out of Abraham's yeah. real wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, Eugene could have used subtitles because I understood all the words that he said, but I had no idea what the fuck he was yeah, saying. Yeah, you have to, to think about the context for twenty seconds afterwards to figure out exactly what he meant. And are you kidding? When he did, yeah, I would have understood a binary code better than he than Eugene. <laughs> no, you know, I, I'm busy trying to stay awake. I don't have time to decipher English. I know it just takes so much time. I, that's I made Portina here uh, watch it with me just a little while ago, and she was just like. And she's still there, so score one for Tina. Yeah, very annoyed with uh, Eugene. I'm like, he doesn't usually, we don't usually get him in these big of doses. That's the thing. He's usually got a couple lines, but this was like the whole show of him, and it got bad. (laughs) Oh, I'm pretty sure we all understood him at the end when we learned that the mouse can roar. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um, It was actually a good Eugene episode, if, if just a little mind aching to, to hear him talk too much. But we get to start with uh, the immediate consequences of our fearless leader's wonderful plan. Rick sits imprisoned in an empty shipping container, stripped of all his possessions uh, to save his boxer shorts. I don't know why Jadis, you know, bothered to, to even leave him those. He well, we, we, thank, we thank her for it. Yeah. At least uh, I do. Well, she wants to sculpt him. He waits in the dark, suddenly the doors swing open, and she stands outside, and and she starts taking some pictures, uh, but old school pictures with apparently disposable flash bulbs, uh, takes full body shots of him, and and he's like, what are you doing this for? And she's like, did I ask you about your Polaroids? And and she just says cryptically, you know, so I can sculpt you after. And he's like, oh, after what? I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, not even going there. Uh, except I forget what the name of it was. Yeah, never mind. Brain fart. Eugene, <laughs> Eugene paces. I'll actually think of it in a second here. Uh, Eugene paces in his room, pressured by the need to save the sanctuary and uh, distracted by his newfound knowledge about Dwight. Eugene, he uh, confronts Dwight finally about his betrayal and offers to keep it secret from Negan on the condition that Dwight stops helping Rick, you know, basically take out everybody. Uh, but Dwight orders Eugene to just, he's like, you can be on the winning team. I'm not sure how Dwight's so confident of this, of what the winning team's going to be, but he's like, you can be on the winning team by just doing nothing and keeping your mouth shut. It's like if you 
Joe Negan's way, you're eventually going to have to do some horrible shit like I have, and, you know, you're never going to get over that. But Eugene is unmoved and refuses to listen, basically, but does does tell him his, uh, he'll keep his information, you know, classified at least, or his betrayal. If I, were, if I were Dwight, I'd be a little more uncomfortable around Eugene. Well, you, the guy has had his teeth around his chode, for one. Right. So that's awkward. <laughs> that would definitely give me pause. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, for those of you that choose to, but it's got to be consensual, and this was definitely not a consensual thing. Uh, if, not you, if, if you missed that episode. <laughs> yeah, but, Dwight's got more scars than what's on his face. Yeah. So on the catwalk above the uh, factory floor, Eugene is watching the, the walker's claw at the sanctuary doors. And, and I want to give my... Uh, girlfriend props for saying something that I, I mentioned about the zombies lately. A couple episodes, I think she's like, they don't seem they're like slow zombies, and like well, I they're, said, they're the deadest looking dead people dead, I've ever seen. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, they've all been kind of lazy lately. They're just kind of like rubbing. Oh, we've been saying that. Have we been talking about how? Yeah, they're just kind of rubbing windows instead of smashing through them lately, and they're, they're more mellow zombie. Maybe it's, well, they're they're continu- aren't they continuing to decompose? Did yes. that too, but maybe it's the chemical waste. Maybe it's actually like you know a, a vat of G- MK Ultra government LSD or something that got out, and they're all just tripping zombies, and they're mellow and doing the Age of Zquarius thing. I don't know. Well, either way, they're extra squishy. They they are. They're just maybe they're not paying the the extras as much either, and they're just not putting their hearts into it. <laughs> I don't know, but it's being noticed, Gimple. That's all we're saying. Since you're listening. So, uh, Laura guesses that they have about two days left to live as far as, like, supplies, or at least till shit all goes to shit, you know, with supplies and everything. Dr. Carson calls Eugene into the infirmary, where Gabriel is suffering from a severe infection, looking worse and worse. And he asks Eugene to watch over Gabriel while he goes to the marketplace to look for some herbs to make into medicine, because he's just going to be able to craft antibiotics, apparently. Um... But you could in a video game. You know, it's just like a piece of cloth and an herb and, you know, like plant matter in a video game. And you got yourself antibiotics. It's awesome. I was kind of amazed that the marketplace is even still functioning with... Uh... Right. I thought that was like pretty much, you know, on the factory floor and, and the workers weren't really into working right now. And <laughs> yeah, I don't think there'd be a lot of trade going on. Although we find out later that, you know, there's still wine to be had or booze. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he um, regains consciousness for a second, and, and Gabe asks Eugene to help him smuggle Dr. Carson from the sanctuary to Hilltop, which you know, he clearly not, you would think he would be <laughs> aware of how difficult that would be at the moment, but he's feverish, so we'll give him a pass on that. And um, he beseeches Eugene to do the right thing when the time comes, and... Eugene, wisely, he's kind of like getting the hard edge, you know, of the world philosophy, and he's like, what the hell's the right thing, you know, anymore? It's like, come on, dude. (laughs) You've done shitty stuff. You you locked a whole bunch of people out of your own church, so it's like, lecturing me. (laughs) And and that's when we get the potato and shit casserole. It's like, you know, because first he's like, you look as bad as me. He's like, I hope not, because you look like a potato and shit casserole. (laughs) Mm-hmm. 
Now, Morgan, who I thought had disappeared, but is still on sniper duty, apparently. I, I don't know where we missed that scene. Am I alone in that? I thought he was, like, wandering off when he had... Not at all. I, I really did, too. I thought he was long gone. I thought we'd see him in fear by now, but guess not. Well, that's, that's yeah. Kind well, of the, the DeLorean is still in the shop. I, I, I thought he said basically he'll stay for this, but he's 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 out. Yeah, he's like, he's, as long as I get to kill some motherfuckers, I'll, I'll be around. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that makes sense, but it felt a little, yeah, it, it, I think they definitely, we can't be the only ones that thought he was, like, going to be gone for a while, you know, from the show. When he took off last time, but regardless, he's back. He's he's head sniper for a while anyway, and he's watching the sanctuary through his binoculars. Spots Daryl approaching in the garbage truck and informs the other snipers uh, that the vehicle is one of their own. Tanya, one of Negan's wives, uh, stops by Eugene's apartment and asks if her boombox has been fixed yet, because <laughs> he's been trading booze for a boombox repairs. Eugene informs her that it's still broken, and he's like, is this really important right now? <laughs> and she's brought him his second bottle of wine that he's getting for this, and she, he's like, I need it now. He, uh, Eugene's apparently a lightweight, because he's like, I consume 1.5 fluid ounces every evening to help with the sleeplessness, which you're talking about an ounce and a half, that's a shot glass and a half of wine. It's like, well, don't hurt yourself, Eugene. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was a wine wimp, but man, that's pretty fucking bad. <laughs> so I had trouble sleeping at all with all those zombies right outside. Tina's just making Tina's making me laugh just from laughing. She is great. Yeah, she's going to be our personal laugh track from now on. Yeah, that's a great giggle. Her laugh is completely freaking infectious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, Gimple. I have an addiction <laughs> counseling degree. If you need any like consultation on drug usage and stuff, also I've done a lot of drugs. Um, you know, so you got show, both but, but yeah, so yeah, I can give you the science and I can give you the experience, baby. Um, just give me a call. I work cheap. <laughs> so, just get rid of his mouse. Yeah, yeah. That's all. I just send Daryl over with the fucking crossbow for a day. We'll be good to go. Uh, so, uh, Tanya, of course, tells Eugene that he can't sleep because he's becoming a savior and they're fucking evil. And, uh, you know, and she gives him hell for, like, look, I gave you a chance to, to do the right thing um, and poison Negan's ass. And actually, you know, you probably could have taken over this place because everyone else is just like, you know, science. Okay, you're our leader. Um and, you know, made it a better place. But he's just basically like, just give me the booze. <laughs> like, I'm, I've checked my conscience at the door, and I'm just going to drink now 1.5 fluid ounces of wine. <laughs> so Laura appears at the door and summons Eugene to come see the boss. Meanwhile, Daryl Michonne and Rosita are taking up way too much time of our episode going over Daryl's plan. And, uh, you know, heckling back and forth about, oh, should we just wait? Which They're going to ram the garbage truck into the sanctuary wall, thereby letting the dead into the sanctuary walls. um, And presumably, you know, ending everyone in there, at least making them surrender quicker um, for those of you listening at home that don't watch. And uh, Morgan pops up and offers to help execute the plan and cover Daryl and 
as they rehearse and, and talk about it, Rosita suddenly worries that the plan is too risky, and she's like, why are we not just kind of waiting for our inevitable victory? And actually, this is where I'm torn, because, you know, Rosita's in Rick's camp, presumably, uh, yep. where you should stick to the plan and respect... Right now, nobody's in Rick's camp. Well, no, and Daryl, and, and we see how well that's going, at least for now, and, and Daryl's, you know... Th- kind of leading the the rogue group now that's like, man, you know, Rick ain't getting this done quick enough, so we're just going to go ahead and do it and ask for forgiveness later when everyone's dead and there's no one to, you know, it's going to be hard-pressed to call us assholes if if we win it for them, so it's kind of there. But, um, yeah, Rosita nopes right out of it because it's too risky and she thinks they should just follow Rick's plan, as stupid as it is. Inside the same Yeah, we talked a little bit about that last week. Yeah. Oh, right. It's because they're still, like, standing around talking about it this week. Like, last week they were talking about it at Alexandria, and this week they're talking about it at Sanctuary and getting ready to execute it. And we in the audience are here just like, fucking do it already. We know you're going to do it. Just do it. <laughs> you know, if they had actually just kind of done the preparation stuff last episode... They could have just done the deed this episode and actually shown us the aftermath instead of the kind of weirdo tease we got uh, that we'll learn about at the end here um, and save some time. But then we would have had to come up with more stuff next week. I'm talking about the writers here and they're being bad again. So inside the sanctuary, Negan meets with Eugene and reiterates that he's counting on him to his brain power to resolve their predicament. And that squishy stuff between your amazing mullet, your ears and your amazing mullet is, is a strong thing. And he, uh, he does the, uh, gives him a handshake. Um, <laughs> which is a funny scene for those of you at home that don't watch is that, and Negan kind of does the, the over the, over-the-top handshake, you know, he's gri- grabbing for the alpha, the, the high-ground handshake, you know, um, that power players do, I guess. And uh, I was waiting for the Donald Trump handshake. Well, I wasn't going to say it, because we're not supposed to go political, but yeah, it was pretty much the Donald Trump handshake, and I'm sure it was intentional. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Our, uh, well, it's, not, it's not necessarily political, that just is. It is, yeah. Uh, and Eugene goes to, like, kiss his hand Godfather style, which I thought was kind of funny. And he's like, no, man, I was just going for a handshake. You know, thanks, but, you know, I make people kneel, but you don't have to do the Godfather kiss on me for some reason. Especially he has no rank. Right, yeah. And he's like, no, this is a sign of a mutual risk. He's just boosting, you know, Eugene's ego, basically. He's he's playing his psych games. Uh that he always does with people, but I thought it was some good scenes between them, at least some pretty good writing. It's just sad again. It was good good writing, good acting, but god damn, man, you gotta just lighten up on the Eugenisms a little bit. You know? And he's like freaking, he's worse than Yoda. Like, if you gave Yoda too many lines, it would be the same deal. <laughs> Alright, question for the comic book reader. Yeah. Uh-huh. Does Eugene talk like this in the comics? No, well, I don't remember so much. It, it seems to flow better in print. All of it seems to flow better in print. Um, we had the same conversation about Ezekiel's uh, Renfair bit. Yeah, yeah, I don't think it said it. It's weird, because you read it in your head and your head doesn't try to make it silly as some of the acting. So it's one of those things that works better on paper. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of characters like 
in this one, yeah, that that's why it's kind of getting out of my you know comfort zone is because I don't think they're translating as well to the screen as like well, there's there's no parallel in in Fear the Walking Dead. I just I think those those characters seem to be more grounded and in their dialogue makes more sense to me and seems more realistic to me. We've been over that road, but. But also, I don't remember, I don't think Eugene had a lot of it. I mean, he didn't really have any scenes with Negan in the comics as much either, so it's no real parallel there either. But uh, he was much more of a kind of background player, I think, in the comics than he is in the show, for good or ill. He, he steps up and you get a lot more Eugene stuff later, but... Comic doesn't have to worry about actor contracts. No. <laughs> true, true. So, a short while later, Eugene gets to work as he uh, carefully removes the speaker from uh, Tiny's boombox and uh, goes in search of the some more materials, and he, he heads to the storage room where he finds Sasha's coffin, and we get a short little flashback of zombie Sasha, sad, and gets her iPod that was in there that no one would have taken, of course, you know, brand new iPod, it's like, oh, let's respectfully leave it in the, the coffin, whatever. Meanwhile, Morgan and it hasn't walked, died. Yeah, well, uh, I, let's we'll talk about batteries here in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Morgan watches from his lookout point as Daryl Michonne and Tara drive the uh, garbage truck towards the sanctuary, and he instructs them to cut the engine to avoid drawing the walkers. Um, Michonne backs out of Daryl's plan at the last minute, though. She, I, this was like kind of an agonizing freaking conversation too. It's again, it's like the same one we've had for. It just seemed like, oh, we need to eat some time here. Let's let Michonne talk for a while. Because um, it was just made very little sense. She's, well, I mean, she's like, well, I had to come see this place and make sure the plan was working. And now that I know the plan's working, I don't think we should do your plan. So I guess it made sense. It just, I didn't think it was written very well. She also has to go home to Rick's bed. Well, you know, it it wasn't it wasn't written well or compelling, but it was the kind of thing that 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 someone would say when they're sitting there going back and forth over something this big. And the thing is, is that we got a very capsulized version of what that argument would be like. This would go on for a long time if well, it was really these different types of of opinions. Well, it's gone on for I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's true too, and I'm not sure. I, I think I'd almost rather have a longer version where it's a little more nuanced, and Daryl just being like "no" and her being like "yes," you know, because <laughs> we've had that conversation a lot, and mm-hmm. it just felt like filler here. It, it just really did, like you know, like she could have just noped out of it and be like, "Yeah, I can't really do this. We didn't need like the whole explanation again of like that Rosita just gave us. It's like I really think we should, you know." We should stick to the plan because it's working. Why risk it? Yeah, it's like because it's we need it to be over. <laughs> so I, I see both points of view. I just I don't know why they keep underlining it for us. We get it. We got it the first ten times. That's all I'm saying, Gimple. Daryl and Tara, of course, however, continue to move forward. And Eugene rigs the iPod and speaker onto a glider and prepare. I don't know how this would have worked for like that size of a crowd, but I, it was a pretty good idea, I guess. Um, rigs the iPod to a glider and prepares to launch it from the sanctuary rooftop to draw them away. 
He describes his uh, plan step by step, speaking into a microphone and recording onto a tape recorder, which prompted my notes to include where is everyone still finding working batteries in this world? Like, I, are unused batteries, unopened batteries, like, you know, do they last forever? I didn't believe that they did. I thought, you know. It, it, it's only been two years, so yeah. your Everettis and, you know, stuff like that is probably going to last. Yeah. The, the, the crap you could buy at the dollar store is probably not going to last very long, but the, right. the other ones, yeah. And then you still have rechargeable I mean, batteries. batteries. Have expiration dates for about eight yeah. years yeah. out. Yeah, rechargeable batteries, true, and they, they have had power there. I didn't even think of those, but. I got to think batteries is one commodity that's going to be pretty much drained out of everywhere in about two years. You'd have to be stockpiling a lot of freaking batteries. Hey, how long did that radio last on Gilligan's Island? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I mean, those batteries, those are real serious Everettis. But they they always had fresh coconuts and monkeys that could power it, you know, if they needed to. Just hook a monkey up to like a... You know, a hamster wheel and generate power through coconut halves or something. <laughs> that might have been the only thing keeping Gilligan alive. The ginger apparently had a lifetime supply of hairspray on the island. So, <laughs> so there's another thing. Uh, <laughs> well, just like Eugene does. Yeah, well, yeah. But before you can start the iPod, uh, the, he hears the son of a. What did I just click? God damn it. Stop it, computer. Do what I say. Before he can start the iPod, he hears the uh, sound of a gun being cocked. And of course, it's Dwight behind him, and he orders him to stop. Tasha, Tasha, Tara, I can't speak lately, stations herself at the sanctuary gate. The north, south, east, and west snipers uh, talk to Morgan, saying that they're ready to go. And Daryl derives the garbage truck closer to the sanctuary. Back over to the rooftop, Dwight holds Eugene at a gunpoint and orders him to back away from the iPod. <laughs> Um, probably the first time, you know, that line's ever been used. Back away from the iPod. Eugene insists that he's... You don't have kids. Yeah, you're right. Uh, he's trying to you've save never been, You've never been at a, at a Best Buy on December 24th at 6.30, have you? <laughs> I probably have, but I blocked those kind of traumatic experiences out of my brain. Back away from the iPod, asshole. <laughs> that one's mine. <laughs> Yeah, I said I probably did have some spats with my sister, but we beat each other so badly that we we went amnesic. So that's always good. So Eugene insists that he's trying to save people inside the sanctuary. Not knowing that Eugene's tape player is still recording, Dwight explains that if they uh, follow Rick's plan, everyone lives except for Negan. But Eugene ignores him, pressing the iPod's play button and sending the glider, blaring music over the walkers. And Dwight shoots his gun, make, taking down the glider and foiling Eugene's plan. And at that same moment, Daryl is hitting the gas and the garbage truck, and Tara and the others are firing some uh, suppressing fire at the snipers in the sanctuary windows. And he places a cinder block on the gas pedal and jumps out right before the truck runs into the side. And the walkers immediately start pouring in, Savior shoot at them, and the workers flee. A few of them get munched. Eugene watches a some of the chaos and he's growing furious as he sees walkers devouring his you know traveling companions or sitting companions or whatever he, i don't think he'd call them the savior's friends yet either if he didn't call the other group friends and he storms yeah, into, what pretty much taking out the market too 
Yeah, yeah, it's, it's got to be done at this point. So he's drank his, he's got his last bottle of wine. And plus, he cannibalized the boom box, so she's not going to bring him any more booze. Eugene storms into the infirmary and heatedly declares to Gabriel that he will not help Dr. Carson. He basically makes his, his declaration to be like, I am Negan, you know, to, to Gabriel. He's like, fuck you. This is where I'm safest, apparently. And that's all I give a shit about is me being safe. So, yeah. Which is all he's ever given a shit about. Yeah, yeah. And he even tells him he's like... Yeah, but, but, but you know what I don't understand is at... at there was a moment there where Eugene looked like he was being affected at the fact that he did not, he was not helping anyone or that he fucked someone else's plan up. I, for a brief moment, it looked like, well, maybe I will do something to help someone out. And then he decided, fuck everybody, just me. I am only going to take care of me. This is a really fucked up and shitty move. Yeah, uh, yeah, and as far as I'm concerned, he's got to go. I, I think Eugene might be leaving at the end of the mid-season finale, uh, one way or another. I think he's he's beyond redemption now. I think that's what little that little speech was about. You know, he's not going to be down. But with the, most people who don't give a shit about others or who don't, um, I guess, go by the norm of where you're supposed to have morals and all this other shit. Those are the people that end up dying first. He yeah. just might stick around because he's becoming a fucking asshole. Yeah, well, that's it. I and mean, if ultimately that's what this this show is the lesson it's teaching us over and over again. So <laughs> I know I've become more of an asshole since watching the show. So it's doing its job, I guess. Maybe opinions vary. You guys can contradict me if you want. No, no, Scott, you're not an asshole. Anyone? No, no, yeah, Scott, we're all assholes. You're, no, you're, yeah, you're great. <laughs> I mean, uh, you won't even kill a rat, you know? <laughs> no, he can't kill the rat. I can't. Can't catch it. We, we, know, we know this is a metal block. This is just like, you know, in the comics, Deadshot not being able to shoot Batman. It's, it's <laughs> mocking him. Yeah, it is. And, you know, hey, I'm not afraid of a mouse. I know I'm like pretty much Godzilla to a mouse, but... I'm a slow Godzilla, and I don't like picking up dead things. So, especially roasted dead things that I'm not planning to eat. (laughs) (laughs) So, Eugene goes to Negan with a solution to replenish their ammo supply. Here's another one that kind of astounded me. That it's like, wait, now you're just getting around to starting to make bullets? It doesn't seem like a very good uh, use of his time. He should have been doing that since the beginning. I, I thought that was kind of the whole point of Negan grabbing him, but whatever um, and it was a little confusing how they presented it on like he's going to start making you need bullets now but it was more like we're probably going to clear out all the zombies with you know and use up all the ammunition we have so you have to be ready to make bullets when we get out of here uh, and he's you know he, Negan's very pleased and he praises Eugene calling him the second most important person at the sanctuary and Eugene begins telling Negan about Dwight but it's kind of interrupted by the arrival of everyone and Regina reports that the walkers have taken over the lower level duh but are trapped there for the time being at least till next week and at the last minute Eugene decides to keep Dwight's secret and why is that? I don't know I, that's the only the only reason that Eugene could be using to not reveal Dwight 
is it's one of two things. Either he is afraid that Dwight's got something on him that he's going to pull out and huge Gene right then and there for exposing him, yeah. or he actually believes that Rick and them have a chance. And as long as he doesn't spoil Dwight in front of Dwight, you know he's got an opportunity to still ride with the Angels if they do come in. I think yeah. he's not. I, I think just, he's hedging his bet. Yeah, I, I really think that it's a possibility that if you're going to go up against Dwight and say that it's him versus me, who do you think he's going to believe? Well, yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. Negan might. Negan's a pragmatist. He might just believe the person that's going to be most useful to him. And if that's, I think Eugene's, you know, got bulletproof armor on him as far as Negan's concerned because he has literally like the most useful skill for what he needs to do now. <laughs> so, because um, somehow he didn't manage to acquire anyone else in three years to that could make a bullet. Um, I think he just kind of wimps out. I think he was intending on on telling on him, and just the presence of Dwight, you know, just like dissolved his back backbone. And he's like, "Well, I'm going to table this for another time and see what happens." Uh, but he, I mean, he had to seriously bullshit in a, a, a very unconvincing way, actually, yeah, about yeah. about you know what he was going to say. And you know, it would have been easier for him to simply say. Dwight's your man. I think I think it was kind of funny though, and I thought that was actually kind of well written. The story that he came up with, he's like, "And I can fix the intercom system." And Negan's like, "What? That that's it?" And and he he, he should have sold it better, but he's basically like, "Hey, I'm a nerd. That kind of that cranks my shaft, you know." <laughs> so I thought it was a good, you know, it was pretty good, uh, pretty good change up for for Eugene actually, or written. Fairly well, as good as you could at that point. Why? Well, uh, He's obviously conflicted because uh, back in his room, Eugene starts guzzling his wine much more than 1.5 fluid ounces to drown out the sounds of the gunfire, which we assume is, you know, must be the savior is just going nuts, you know, on the walkers. So it was 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 he drinking it and then spitting it out? I didn't understand that whole thing. Oh, you yeah. drink some and spit it out and then drink again. No, I don't know. I almost, I, I kind of almost took that as he was uh, possibly getting sick too because he touched yeah. Gabriel. That you know, yeah, not that he Gabriel. Maybe Gabriel has. Maybe the virus is mutating. If they went it's somewhere not, like that, that's not a virus. That that right there, he's got a kidney infection. Is what's happened to Gabriel. He was in that RV with with Negan, and he was really hot. It was really sweaty and all that. He needed to be wearing it as a pissing pants, and he didn't have those on. And so he's in there with Negan for hours and not getting anything to drink. And then as soon as they get out of there and they fight their way through, which, of course, is going to take more adrenaline, and then they get into the the thing with the saviors and they throw him into the meat locker yeah. and it's a hot meat locker. You know, they're, they're, they're making jerky there and <laughs> he, you know, they're sweating him out there. So his kidneys really took a beating in all that. And when your kidneys get an infection and they start going South like that, Oh yeah. You know, you're in a world of hurt. Yeah. I guess I think maybe I, I just got the impression that maybe 
maybe he's got some chemical waste on him that people haven't thought about. That's if if it was that, they would have just killed him. That's the th- that's the other thing. If it was if it was like a bacterial infection or something, you know, viral that could spread, they would have just killed him. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, this is this is something he can come back from, but you know, we'll, we'll see what what happens with that. I'm wondering if maybe just the sanctuary itself, people are going to start getting sick because of the chemicals and shit near it. And maybe that's because I did get the impression that it wasn't like that. He was just puking because he was upset. I don't know. It almost looked like that, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully that'll be revealed next week, I guess. But um, so. Well, maybe this is the first time we actually get to see that you don't have to be bitten in order to change, maybe this is our opportunity to see the fact that we all have this virus in this world, how it happens if you don't get bitten, but you die anyway. Well, we've seen a bunch of people. Well, they never said it was actually a, a, I mean, I, I know that the CDC guy said that we all had it, but I mean, all he knew is that, there were people that died and came back even without being bit. My theory is that there's something something going on with the, the chemical ooze because it just... Or, I don't know, that would be interesting. Maybe, like, the virus is mutating that it ends up presenting as, like, the flu now sometimes. And, and the actual, you know, zombie virus kind of becomes the flu and kills someone and then, you know... Or, or the... Do you remember the bug that they had at the prison? Yeah. That uh, that everybody got, got, you know, maybe they all became carriers. So that's now spread the Savior's compound. Again, Eugene would have gotten it long before. I don't know. Yeah, I said they better, better let us know something. I mean, I, if they were trying to, again, if they were trying to, like, imply that he's got late stage, like, alcohol problems... And that just doesn't make sense because there's probably not enough booze there, you know. And again, if he's not drinking enough to make himself that much of a drunk yet, so uh, I don't know. Said answer the questions, damn it, Gimple. And then moving on, my brain shut off because we're back at the stupid trash people subplot. But uh, I guess we'll read it for you folks at home. <laughs> Uh, so back at the heaps, Scavenger takes Rick out of the shipping container and leads him outside. Scavenger's gathered around, watching as Rick is pitted against an armored walker, I guess Winston 2.0, I guess it was. And he killed the first guy, right? He killed the first uh, armored walker, didn't he? Winston, wasn't it? Wilson? Anyone? Winston, yeah. I believe it was. I believe so. Yeah. <laughs> And he, he makes his head into probably the best polearm weapon in the universe, which is just a zombie head on a pole, and still going. And Janus watches the fight. Uh, Rick, with hands still bound, takes control of the walkers, slays several scavengers, and takes her hostage. And she signals the scavengers to stand down, and for some reason agrees to help Rick defeat Negan instead of just having one of her people fucking kill him. And he promises to give her. But one. this whole time, where the fuck were Rick's people? What the hell is going on here? Well, they're not supposed to show up and kill everyone in, in the trash heap yet. If they're going to be, you know, see, they're way behind schedule for whatever little ploy he's got going. Because that's his whole threat is like, if I walk out of here and you guys haven't joined me, my people are going to come kill you <laughs> again. And everyone, they're like, well, shit, that sounds like he really means it. 
I just, but didn't he say when he first got in there that if I don't come home, they're going to come looking for me, and then y'all are in deep shit? I thought that's what he said, but he was in there yeah. for what, a couple days? I mean, who knows how long? A couple hours. And no one wanted to come for him. Point. Yeah, and no one's ready to. They're off doing their own thing, and it, it, they've given no indication at all that that there's you know that anybody else in Rick's group knows that they're supposed to go to the the trash people's house and and surround it and kill everybody is there no one's been like yeah well, we either go. Rosita or Tara mentioned that they she knew where Rick that Rick was there they knew where he was but there's no like big plans to actually go there and bail his ass out or anything no there isn't so he's completely bluffing on the whole thing. Is it a possibility that they're just all like, fuck Rick now? <laughs> it could be Who too. Be like, yeah, best of luck <laughs> with that, Rick. Sounds like a great plan, man. Best of luck. Go ahead. Well, yeah, maybe, let, maybe, us, let us know maybe, if you're not wasting your time. Yeah. Well, maybe the way the chessboard was set up. Okay, if I don't show up by this day to this time, send everybody available from the kingdom over there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that's an easy request. Nobody, nobody available from the kingdom. Yeah, right. Rich has got that memo or not? Uh, New. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, think he, I think he did because he talked about he it. Actually with did. Yeah. He actually, yeah, the the notes being passed around at the beginning of the that's episode. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I guess the plan was for Rick to just bring the trash people with him back to the sanctuary. Because that's what he tells them. And, you know, he's like, come with me and see that it's surrounded and that we're winning. And and then, of course, they get there. No. And not. <laughs> and outside the sanctuary walls, uh, it looks for, a, you know, finds a sniper dead, tries to radio the other snipers, and climbs into the lookout tower and sees that the uh, just mounds and mounds of dispatched walkers and the sanctuary is free open and clear and no sign of the saviors anywhere and that leads up to our big mid-season finale next week kids this week two days from now is this being recorded okay yeah i gotta say favorite eugene moments uh for me in this episode was number one him using terms like grok and I believe he made a comment about using a die twenty. Yeah, D twenty. Yeah, we yeah. Had a good D twenty. Couple of and, gaming references in there. Yeah, the the Grok, of course, is from Robert Heinlein's Stranger in a Strange Land. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that that's a term I've used through the years to say you know you know I'll buy this or I'll buy that or I'll, I, I get this or I get that. I Grok that you know. Yeah. So uh, that's that was um, a, f- a fun reference there, and of course, anytime you get a, a die roll reference uh, <laughs> yeah. from from anybody, you know it's it that that's hilarious. It's like, ah, oh, crap! I rolled a one. You know, it's <laughs> that's uh, that's always fun. That, that he's there, just... There's one thing that we didn't we didn't consider in the whole wine bit. What's that? What if the what if the wine was poisoned? Ooh, hmm. Ooh. Hmm. Oh, did we see him? Damn. Did we see him cork uh, that fucker? Uh, yeah, he, he did. did. She's fairly unhappy about him not poisoning Negan, obviously, because she's yeah, exactly. the person that yeah. has to sleep with him. <laughs> but, uh, huh, yeah, I don't know. 
I still think it's been Chekhov's chemical waste, though, man. It has to come into it somehow. I don't know how, but hopefully they do something creative with it, because otherwise it's just been kind of a weird tease. Well, again, we've been told that next week, we're gonna, or tomorrow night, uh, no, sorry, Sunday night, we're going to get the shocking moment from hell. Yeah, that course. everyone's going to talk about for, you know, so watch 18 minutes of freaking commercials for us. Ugh. Yeah, Rick's going to die. That's Yeah, this is what Beth has been saying since they said that. Yeah, they're going to kill Rick. You'll get zombie reckon prediction of the year if that definitely happens, but we, we will definitely recognize... You will win the internet. Yeah, <laughs> I got some mad skills. <laughs> only, only if that's what happens. I think it's. I, I think that the surprise. Golly, I don't know. I, I, I just can't sit there. You know, if you, you guys have read the comic book, and is there anything that you can think of that would be? And you don't. I don't want you to say what it is. You know, I honestly don't remember. I mean, they, they so many different characters. At this point, than there were in the comics. That I mean, I know who lives past the war in the comics, but um, and, uh, anybody that could die, I don't know. No, there's really no analog for it. I mean, it's see, as a writer, you know, I, I could see a J. Michael Straczynski moment here. If you've watched uh, Babylon Five. Um, there was a real great, great moment in that where there was the evil emperor who was nuts beyond belief. Ah, yes. I know. And, I know and, and you, you had you had this one guy that was planning on killing him. He was committed to it. He knew he, he was going to do it. He was going to get him killed. And all of a sudden, at the last moment, Flounder does it. <laughs> and. And, you know, it was just one of those, what the hell just happened? And Straczynski later later on comes back and says, yeah, I was sitting there and I was writing it. And all of a sudden the character tells me, no, let no, me let, do me, it. Let, let me do it. And, you know, that's a scary moment as a writer when you're sitting there and one of your characters says, you know, they, I've got to do this. I need to do this, especially when it seems to be so out of character. And I could see, you know, Gimple, Nicotero, and whoever is, is, you know, they got putting things together saying, oh, yeah, Eugene just told me he wants to blow Negan's brains out. Yeah, but you know what? It's not in the Babylon 5 example. It's not like the character actually did it. He, The way it was choreographed is he kind of just felt, he kind of, in the struggle, he kind of just got stabbed. Mm-hmm. No, well, yeah, no, maybe fear, that's fear what the whole ramp up is. <laughs> Maybe that's what the whole ramp up is about Eugene saying, you know, being I'm not I'm only out for me. I'm only this for me, 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 me. Maybe that's why they're doing all that, because they're really trying to sink in your head to really get it through our head. It's not going to happen. And then it does. Yeah, because whatever he does, it's going to be a moment of. Selfless sacrifice. Well, I, I, they went back to the bullet-making thing, which I thought they'd kind of dropped out of the, you know, which feels well, like that just, just completely dropped. fell off. Yeah. Um, if, if, like, he suddenly, they took him to the machine shop, you know, if that's what we were, obviously the, the beginning of the next episode is going to be how they get out, basically, I would think. Um, you know, and if they like took him right to the machine shop and he pumps out a thousand rounds of ammunition, then I'm fucking done with this show because there's no realism to that at all. <laughs> 
But obviously <laughs> now he I, wants realism. I, I think we need. I think we we pretty much need to end to this mid season. Either they're going to wrap everything up, or they're going to end with Negan having the upper hand. You know. Somehow, and and my Deadpool predictions would probably be like either Eugene or or Gabriel. I've seen like rumors on the net, you know, people speculating about Carl because he got a fucking haircut on Instagram or something again. Like that matters. Like you can't wig that away. Um, well, you know, that's that's that Sadiq storyline. You know, Carl trying to do the right thing. Yeah, and that you know that. That yeah, that that always ends badly yeah. for the person doing the right thing, and it seems like Sadiq is going to be a genuine guy. He's got a story he's told, the whole thing about releasing the spirit and and everything. And you're just kind of like, okay, so is he is he really what he is, or is he representing to, to actually infiltrate and and be something else? Yeah, you know. Yeah. And Carl's the perfect foil, you know, the perfect one to bring him into the fold. But you know, I don't know. That's 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 another scary one. I don't know if this guy's a precursor to whispers or something else, but yeah. we'll see. I, I'd be kind of happy if the helicopter comes back and just mows down everybody in the cast, and we start fresh. I'd be okay with that too. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that helicopter. <laughs> everybody yeah. but Daryl. Everybody but Daryl. I don't know. I think, <laughs> I, I think if it, if your prediction comes true, Beth, it could be like Daryl taking out Rick. I think it could be the Civil War thing. And well, Rick's they, already died twice in this show. What Rick is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he died died yeah. in the very first episode. Well, no, he's only mostly dead, and that's that's part of the problem. He's, he can do too much damage when he's only mostly dead. <laughs> According to the theory that Beth came up with, that I appropriated. Uh, <laughs> sorry, um, no, Rick died in the hospital right when the Walker apocalypse started, and came back, but he didn't come back as the dead mind walker he came back as him and a southern sheriff that makes bad decisions yeah right and they after the prison too right yeah. we've seen we've seen rick take some serious damage and really seem to bounce right back and basically sleep it off yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah, it could be, but I don't think it makes him immortal. I think if Daryl puts a crossbow through his eye, he'll probably stay down. So well, again, that's you know the brain damage that seems to be the uh, the killer there. Oh, he's got brain damage. It's... <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who was talking to his dead wife on a plastic telephone <laughs> made leader of the group. It's... Well, he did take. He did. Well, look at who's alive. Did you talk? Want to talk to them? <laughs> He did take some time off to go and try and steal Kira Knightley away from uh, what's the guy's name? Shuatel Ajapur? Oh yeah, I missed that somehow. It's that a it, there's a, a a short ten minute sequel to the movie Love Actually. Oh really? Okay. And if if you've ever seen the original one, there's a scene with uh, no, with actually. Andrew Andrew Lincoln does basically the Bob Dylan card thing oh, where he's okay, yeah. Having a conversation with a woman where he can't speak out loud, right? And basically, yeah, it's the it's what what's her name did for Fear the Walking Dead when she was yeah. not in it, yeah, uh, yeah. And um, yeah, you know, it's, uh, they they did a kind of let's see where everybody is years later, 
And he comes back and he's got the beard and everything. And he's standing outside. He's showing the card. What do you think about the beard? She's like, no, not really. And he's like, yeah, me either. I don't know what to think about it, you know, (laughs) but it's, uh, it, you know, it's just a follow up to to that for red nose day, but it was uh, actually kind of, kind of funny. That's cool. I'm sure you could find that on the YouTube kids. Yeah, yeah, it is on it is on the YouTube, but if you, it, it's really only entertaining if you've seen Love Actually. Yeah, so actually, it wouldn't be for me. Uh, I do love the word actually, though. So actually, I think it's I think it's almost the end of the show. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I was just saying, it's a good Christmas movie. If you look, if you love Bill Nighy, you'll you'll enjoy at least enjoy his bits on there because he plays an old rock and roller that's. Uh, you know, trying to revive his career with a crappy remake of an old song. All right. But, uh, and it's Bless got a great... nakedness. And there's Alan Rickman, of okay. course, uh, being being great Alan Rickman. Uh, and, of course, Mr. Bean, but he's not Mr. And Bean. They, he's actually an angel in disguise. <laughs> they have these scenes where... Uh, they're making porn scenes, and they're really great. They're hilarious. It's 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 uh, stand-ins for movie stars, you know, basically helping them set up the lighting for the sex scenes. Right. And so you've got uh, what's his name from uh, Sherlock Holmes, the guy that plays Watson on the the English Sherlock Holmes. Oh, uh, yeah. Martin Freeman. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and some girl, and it's basically they're two really shy people having. You know, just normal everyday conversations while they're simulating sex. Okay. And uh, very, really, really funny. It's it's the whole movie is a series of vignettes. Some are really, really good. Some are so so. Some are funny, funny as hell. And yeah, you know, a couple not of one of them has a zombie in it, does it? Actually, uh, <laughs> Andrew Lincoln pulls up a picture of a zombie. Really? At, and, at one point. And this movie was put out in 2003. Ooh. So it's years before Walking Dead. Basically, he's telling Kira Knightley that he will love her, even if she turns into a zombie. Oh, there you go. That's how you got the part, definitely. So. <laughs> All right. I'm calling it. Uh, so that's the Fear of the Walking Dead cast and a review of Love Actually, actually. So. I, I think you're going to have to put a couple uh, spoilers at the beginning, you know, the spoiler notice at the beginning of the episode. This particular episode not only spoils last week's episode, but it also spoils uh, a, a TV show from 20 years ago, uh, Babylon 5, and the movie Love Actually, and its sequel. Yeah, I've never watched uh, either of those, so thanks for that. Uh, so I'm Scott, that's Brian, and Beth, and Mike, and Tina laughing in the background occasionally, and me tapping my lighter on the table, which I shouldn't do, and we're for the Walking Dead cast. We're going to assemble for the mid-season finale next week. Doctor, Doctor, Doctor Professor Doctor. Alan Doom of Latveria, you're always welcome to join us, sir. Uh, you too, Gene or David, if you want to come on the show that you don't watch. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, bye now. Adios. Adios. Sayonara. Mama told me, child, there's something you should know Everybody's got to have a special dream that they can dream That means troubles, that means pain, that means woe That means troubles, that means pain, that means woe Now I've lived some, and I've learned some But my mama taught me all I need to know
Please, Madam Heap, I need your advice. Lay it on me, sonny. Whoa. 